0: Welcome in to 11 Personnel, it is January 18th, I am Nick Roush, he's Adam Luckett, and the portal is closed! (laughs) Uh, I'm not a big Marvel guy, I watched the OG Marvels, but I, you know, once the Avengers hit, I'm done, but I'm like uh, Doctor Strange here, making the portals, and now I'm putting in reverse, and it's, it's all a time lapse going backwards, because today... Is the final day? I think we have till eleven fifty nine tonight, Luckett, for players to hop into the transfer portal. Uh, But it looks like all the activity for Kentucky did conclude. The deadline to add uh, new students for the spring semester was last Friday. Uh, The Cats. Let's just talk um, about the general. Let's start by talking about the general. uh, The ins and outs. Luckett, were you there? Were there any big surprise losses going out from the portal uh, compared to when we did this transfer portal preview, like, I don't know, what was it, six weeks ago?
1: Yeah. First things first. Excuse me, I'm a little hoarse from four days in Vegas. But, like, Nick, the number one thing for me was this, this is too long. Like, this is not a big deal today that it's closed. We don't need it to be six, seven weeks, however many. You know, it's just a long time for a portal to be open. Second one, really, I think that there's two here. One's not in the portal. One's carrying to Valentine. He left. I think that was a surprise. And then Justin Rogers is the other surprise for me. Those two were the two. And then I think you could throw Kobe Albert in there, but that one makes a little more sense on the surface just because of the numbers in the safety position and the guy that recruited him isn't here anymore. So I think that... Adds up a little bit, but those three, I think, would be the three that I was expecting to be here for spring football.
0: Kobe Albert ended up uh, landing at Mississippi State, which feels like a great spot if you're safety, right? You, three three five defense. Yeah. Uh, can be versatile there, uh, multiple positions. So I, I would not be shocked if he was starting when Kentucky goes to Starkville uh, next next fall which maybe we can talk about that a little bit later because there was some significant news down in Starkville uh, over the last week. But uh, Justin Rogers ends up at Auburn. So you had two guys transfer out to other SEC programs. And that's that's noteworthy, right? Like it just is because I, I don't know if they'd both be starters or not. Rogers certainly would be. Uh, there was even a time where I thought Rogers might end up back at Kentucky. I also thought it was – It's January 18th, and Keontae Goodwin. Like we just, we don't know what he's doing. He was spotted at U of L, but like Mm -hmm. that, that's that's been so weird because he was such a highly sought after recruit, and he he spends a year at Kentucky, doesn't do much. And I think if you're looking from afar, there was some confirmation for all the people their worst fears about Goodwin, right? Like the hasn't played much. We question his his work ethic, all that sort of stuff, because he's not in he's he's not in the playing shape he needs to be in right now, while schools are pursuing or not pursuing him. We don't we don't really know what the deal is. That was a very I'm more surprised, Lockett, that, that has not been a vocal transfer portal recruitment because it was such a vocal high school recruitment.
1: Yeah, it's a little weird, right? That it's taken this long. You'd have to think at this point, Nick, he's I guess like I see, I don't know how the eligibility work for guys like this. Right. Mm-hmm. You're, he's not going to be in school. I mean, what where he? He's going to enroll somewhere, I guess. But. You know, you pass weird, the date, you pass the date. Does he go to like JCC downtown for a semester? I'm, I'm not really sure.
0: Man, you're dating yourself calling it JCC <laughs> too. <laughs> What's it called? What's it called now? Uh, JCTC. They they added the TC. It's technical college. No, okay. it's just not community college. Um, oh man, okay. that's a great because co- like we're like the last people that called it JCC before it yeah. was JCTC. <laughs> but you're right. Like it, there is just like a, um, you know, I I I don't.
1: I remember Jared Stidham did that. He left Baylor, and then he went in like some community college in Texas for a semester before he went over to Auburn. So I, I just don't know what. What, how that process works for Keontae? It's been very weird. Florida was a name, I think, thrown out there. But, yeah, I don't know where he's going to end up. You know, we thought it would be Louisville. If it was going to be Louisville, why is it taking this long?
0: Right, right. I it's mean, just we a weird situation. He could come back, but, like, he would have to be enrolled, right? Like, so there, it's just it's, – it's very bizarre. And ideally – you would want him to come back, right? You would want him to figure it out. Um, I've, I've always thought Keontae was a good kid with a lot of potential. I'd like for him to figure it out, but I don't know. Like he's not doing anything, so I don't know that. There's some others that aren't doing anything like it. That don't necessarily surprise me. Like Michael Drennan, not yeah. I mean, like the, I Hassan can see Lewis. that. Yeah, like Rasan Lewis is six year walk on. Like I can see why he's not playing football anymore. Michael Drennan, like, I can see why they wouldn't be playing football anymore. Um, Some of these guys, I thought, are some really good fits elsewhere. You know, I mentioned Kobe Albert off the top, but, like, Chris Lewis, a guy who we liked a lot coming out of high school, getting reps at Troy and going up against corners that aren't going to just physically kind of get after you like SEC ones will. Like, he could have a ton of success there. Um, I thought it was a little on the smoke to Colorado. Like, it, it doesn't surprise me that Smoke appreciated that allure, but I feel like he's already done that, right? Like, it would would it be fun to be a part of this kind of coach prime experiment in year one? Yes. But I think it would be more fun to play for a 12 win team and rush for a thousand yards of Troy. But you know what? Like teach it's own. Right. Right.
1: Everyone has their, what they're looking for. I went since rise smoke ended up at a power five though, just because look at the numbers. Yeah. He's got a bunch of rushing yards experience. I get it. And so he's going to go out there and play and, We'll see how it goes for him. But, yeah, that was a – because it looked like he was potentially maybe going to Troy too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, those were really his two spots. um, That we know of, right? Right, 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 that he was at least publicly saying he visited. Um, The flip side of the coin, uh, prospects on the way in. When you look at the way that Kentucky handled the portal from filling holes, it feels like they kind of did everything and with maybe two exceptions and those exceptions, I would almost, I would almost rather than wait for and, What are your and those, two exceptions I, there, Nick? I, I would say you, you, you would want a right tackle to compete with Flax. Uh, and you know, maybe even a swing tackle, right? Cause you just, you, you're not really, I'm not really sure on Buford and Flax. And those two guys, you're going to have to rely on them to do a lot next year. Maybe one another tackle. Uh, but it's in in the same applies with maybe another quarterback It's like, you can, you can kind of figure it out this spring. Once Liam actually gets in there and gets to see the stuff up close and personal, because there is going to be another transfer portal window. There's going to be more guys. You can, you can make people a priority and especially when it comes to quarterbacks and potential backup quarterbacks, um, because you, you wrote on the site once, like the kind of pedigree that you'd be looking for, right? Like some former four-star that like spent one year um, at Purdue, like Walker Howard, who was yeah. at LSU for one year. Uh, Jane Daniels comes in, decides he's going to be there for two years. Nuss Myers, you know, kind of head and shoulders up past Howard right now. That sort of profile, a former top 200 player that is getting passed up. I feel like there's going to be more of those this spring. So it would be, mm-hmm. it would feel natural to just wait until after, the the spring competitions unfold for you to go and and find another.
1: Yeah, I'm just – we're assuming, but we don't know for sure if that's what they want, you know. I would assume that's that's what they want. but I mean, we're going to have to see how that plays out. To me, kicker, kicker's one. They need a kicker.
0: Well, did did they get some kickoff specialist walk-on or something? I feel like we got a thousand kickers and none of them kicked the damn ball.
1: Yeah, so that's – that's one. What are they doing at kicker? That's one of my big questions. And right tackle is obviously the obvious one. Yeah. I think when you look at needs, like, they they added two guys at cornerback in Jansen Dunn from Ohio State and J.Q. Hardaway from Cincinnati. Both have kind of intriguing traits like tall, length, athleticism, but they haven't really played at all. And there was a lot of proven corners. They – that have playing experience hit the portal and they didn't go after. They went after these guys. So that's going to be to me. Looking back, like looking ahead to November, does that work? You know, because you are going to need at least one of those guys to start. I think. Yeah,
0: I would, um, I would with agree Andrew with
1: Phillips, and so you are betting on traits there. But both those guys are young, so if you hit on them, you are going to have them for three years, two to three years, which will be a good thing. But that that became a big, I think, issue after you lose. carrington Valentine was addressing that. Number one was quarterback. They got their top target, which is yeah, a big yeah. deal.
0: But at, at corner, though, they've hell both positions. They I feel like they have a pretty like well, yeah, I can trust them right with betting on long cornerbacks with trades because I mean you brought in a lot, and this was different era, but. Bossman, Fat, Lonnie Johnson. Like, it's not that different
1: from getting Derek Beatty and Chris Westry ready to play as freshmen. Yeah. And they did uh, that. Yeah. They've shown that they don't – like they – it's an easier system to play corner in, I would imagine. hmm But it's maybe not a system a lot of promising corners want to play in. Sure. Because <laughs> it's not – you're not – You're not on put, you're put on an island a lot – yeah. It's a lot of zone coverage. It's you not know, the
0: NFL tape that they want to show off. Right. You got to come
1: play and help support the run. And if you're playing towards the, one of the side of the field or the boundary, a lot of times you can be ignored. Mm-hmm. So so I, the way they play, I think, it's a little harder to maybe recruit to that position. So taking maybe like – because Hardaway's a true corner, but Dan Dunn's like this tweener. Got recruited as a safety – Couldn't really find a home at Ohio State. They, they moved him around all different positions. Kentucky's going to try him out here at cornerback in their, you know, cover three scheme, and see if it if it works. But they've proven that they can make it work. Like Kejron Smith had a hard time at cornerback at Ole Miss. Yeah, and he just had an outstanding year here.
0: Second team All SEC for the coaches.
1: And so they've they've found ways to make it work. Westry was a mid-three star recruit, and he came in and started as a true freshman at SEC and looked good. They've been able to find ways to make this work, but I think it's clear they're getting back to that length Mm -hmm. and athleticism that they went away from for a little bit. They're getting back to that, and I think they're betting on it it working, like they're finding one of those guys to make works. But I think that's huge because they really do need one of those guys to be a player.
0: Yeah, it sound like and a that, damn
1: defensive coordinator over here.
0: Uh, you're right. mad, house on the mic. Um, <laughs> you you mentioned Devin Leary getting your core like that's that's of the utmost importance, right? And it also, for I, I think even more so for me is we do a lot of hand wringing over nil and blah, blah 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 blah, but like, boom enough to get your top guy in the portal, and you got him over another SEC program. Revisited yeah. multiple schools. This was a different this was unlike like you've gotten, you've been able to get transfer quarterbacks pretty much every other year since Stoops has been here and they've all been quality players. They seem to get better and better each time around. Um, and and this time you were able to, you know, weather the storm with some big dogs and and go up against some of the big guys with big, big, deep pockets and win. I, I think that part of this is significant, right? Like, yes, the nil can always be better. Um, but it was good enough to land Leary right now. And that it's exciting to look ahead to Liam Cohen's offense. We can talk about what the future quarterback means. But, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about Devin Leary, so we're not going to waste a ton today. Um,
1: I do want to say on the O-line.
0: Right. Yeah, that, that was the that one was I was going to get to.
1: Like, they did – they addressed it here with Marcus Cox and Tanner Bowles. But – like, neither of those is like a Sam dunk or a proven com- – I would. I shouldn't say proven commodity, but, like, you kind of know what you're getting with Larry, I feel like. I, I know what I'm getting with Ray Davis, but I'm a little more iffy on, like, Marcus Cox and Tanner Bowles. Like, what are we exactly getting here? Um, and they need at least one of those guys, to Cox, to be a starting left tackle. And they need Bowles if he's not starting to be – a guy that rotates in and plays a lot of snaps for them. And So what do they look like? You know, Cox coming off an injury, Bowles has never really played at Alabama. Did he play because he wasn't good, or did he just get lost in the shuffle? I mean, we're going to find that out pretty soon. Um, so those are two big ones, I think, because they really they need Bowles just for depth reasons, and they need Cox just to solidify that left tackle spot. And so that, that that's going to be very important, I think hitting on those evals, making sure they got those evals right and making sure those guys can help them.
0: We've reached a time of year where UK starts tweeting out pictures of, uh, workouts. Right. And yeah. This is, and then I'm like, well, who's that guy? That's what I had to do. I had to go on Instagram
1: and like flipping, you know how they tag the names. Yeah.
0: It's like, Oh, well, Bowles is the big redhead. Can't, can't get him confused. Um, uh, but, but, Especially Cox coming off injury, right? Uh, Leary as well. You just, I'm just there's a little, there's some uncertainty there. Whereas I at least feel like I think my favorite part about Ray Davis is you know exactly what you're going to get, and it's yeah. a complimentary piece too. Where you needed just a, a meat hammer, right, to just freaking get you. As Liam Cohen said in his introductory press conference. We're gonna need. We're gonna line up on third and one, and we're gonna run for that yard. Damn it! I mean, that wasn't verbatim, but it was basically what he said. So, getting that was huge. Uh, Look, it. We're gonna let's let's be uh, boring bloggers here and do what KSR used to do in 2009. Let's assign grades. Are we gonna Kentucky's recruiting efforts in the transfer portal? How how do we see it? Right. Overall, that they're probably passing, but how, how do we think they fared?
1: I mean, I would say B to B plus. I think they addressed especially, their needs.
0: Especially quarterback hits. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean. I think they addressed their bottom. needs.
1: They got the biggest fish that they could get. But I do. I do think they made some swings here on some multi-year guys, Nick. We'll have to see how it pans out. Keyshawn Silver. Jansen mm-hmm. Dunn. J.Q. Hardaway. Um, I think they think these guys can be pretty good, but they are taking – they're rolling the dice a little bit here on some of these guys. Uh, but I think for them, if you got on the truth serum, they would tell you it's not much, that much different than a high yeah. school kid because these guys got three years. Like Silver will be a redshirt sophomore, Dunn will be a redshirt sophomore, and J.Q. Hardaway will be a true sophomore. Um, See, and then on the only offensive line, I think they took maybe some bigger swings. You know, they – we thought maybe three. They got two. Cox is coming off a major season in the injury, and Bowles didn't play at Alabama. I mean, so – and he's only got two years eligibility left. He'll be a redshirt senior this year, traditional redshirt senior, Tanner Bowles will. And so that's – like I think they did – they addressed the needs, but we got to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm I, – I think for – some of these multi-year guys, like I'm going to treat it just like a high school kid. Where if you if we look back three years from now, and you lump in guys from last class, like Zion Childress, Jordan Robinson, um, Dunn, Hardaway. Let's lump in all of those guys together. You would like to see seventy percent of the, the yeah. of them hit. Like I, I you you can't get them all to be to pan out. It should, but it should be higher in the portal than it is with high school recruits, right? Yeah,
1: here's the thing with cornerback. They got nine scholarship players in that room, Nick. Jansen Dunn, Jordan Robinson, JQ Hardaway, Elijah Reed, Andre Stewart, Nasir Addison, Avery Stewart, all added in the last two recruiting cycles. Seven guys. Like, if you're if you're spending that much scholarship, I mean seven for whatever seven percent of the eighty-five is, like, one or two of these guys need to play. Like, you know, <laughs> you can't be spending scholarships and players not playing. Um so, I get why they maybe they wanted to be done after a quarterback like that because, man, we've really spent some capital on this position these last two cycles. We need to, you know, we need to get our return on investment here.
0: Right, right.
1: And so that's big. They need some guys there to be able to play, whether it's maybe Avery Stewart or Addison can play as a true freshman. But you've got to have someone there. I mean, because you've loaded up here on guys and you got to, you know, recruit and develop. Now it's time for the development part.
0: Whew. Time to develop, uh, man. It's time to move on, but I also need to point out that I just love how horse you are right now. It, <laughs> it makes me, it makes me so happy. I bl- this uh, is on Sam uh, Hubbard.
1: I blame this one hundred percent on Sam Hubbard. Um, did you?
0: you, you Here's ride- the
1: problem, Nick. I spent. I mean, we. Sp- I didn't see the sun for two days. I literally stayed in the garage, went downstairs to the sports book, and that was. It. And then we walked outside when it was dark. After the, I mean, I had not I hadn't seen the sun until. I, and then when I, we left, someone even out, so I literally didn't see the sun until I came home. On, when I woke up on Tuesday morning.
0: Well, so, so my uh, question: Did you have any uh, shekels on the Bengals to cover, or was that is it? Because that, that was a big line.
1: I the, the smartest plays I made all week were in the Bengals game. I bet the first first quarter, Bengals minus two and a half, because I knew they were taking the ball, and I knew they were probably going to score one of the first two possessions. I took Bengals' second half line, down one, minus four, so they just had to win by three. Had Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions. Had J.K. Dobbins over 61 oh, and a half rushing yards.
0: Freaking sharp over here, Not, just, just playing all the exotic plays. I love it.
1: So that – that helped a lot. Now I did have missed on Tyler Boyd over receiving yards, and I missed one more that I can't think but
0: of. Still though, you won more than you lost.
1: And so when I went, I was big the on thing the. Was one. I was big on the Giants. Yeah, so I had a nice, nice little Sunday. But
0: nice, nice.
1: Um, Saturday after I hit Kentucky was a bloodbath. <laughs> so that was it. Was nice to have a bounce back. Then, oh. then the one win, Nick tries to talk me out of it right after I make it.
0: Yep. Yep, uh, that's what I do. That's with what it. I do. I, it was I'm all a, good. I'm a, I'm a mush, but um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm going to be making fun of your voice some more. We'll talk playoffs at the end of the show. But you, when you while you were out, Liam Cohen did speak. He did his reintroductory press conference. He also talked with Matt Jones. He's done a bunch of interviews since. He also hung out with uh, our pal Saturday on Seth Connor O'Gara, his twin, which they even look more alike now. Now that uh, Cohen's gotten more Hollywood on us, yeah. Uh, so it. That, that just kind of always weirds me out. But uh, generally speaking, like it. did you have – like of all the – we wrote all the stories, right? We, we've dissected this a hundred different ways. But was there something to you in particular that really jumped off the, the page to you when you heard it, saw it, read it?
1: Yeah, I would say the offensive line comments. Like we got to get back to like a – a certain type of mentality and a certain type of player we're bringing in here is what I took from that. And Colin was like, when I, when I was here, I didn't have to worry about that room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like things fell off an absolute cliff last year. I mean, that's everybody knows that mm-hmm. it's the elephant in the room with the program, I think right now outside of QB recruiting. And so in the, if they want to run this type of more of a pro style offense, you can't really hide that. I mean, you can't really hide in anything. I mean, you got to, that, that group's got to get a lot better. Mm-hmm. And the talk all draft prep, Nick, is just going to be how Kentucky couldn't protect less.
0: Oh, man. it. I, I hate when. The more
1: buzz he gets, the more we're going to hear that. Like, that is oh. going to be the ultimate talking point.
0: Our guy, um, Andy Sweeney, who loves to just throw the takes out there, does radio in Louisville. I mean, the best point he's made is. As good as it's going to be to have Levis in all of this draft talk, right? He's going to be the most scrutinized draft player out there. They're just going to hammer how bad the rest of Kentucky's team was this year. Like, they're just, it's going to be, like, yeah, but going they to be can, all about like the offensive line stunk. The play they had the ultimate bad. scapegoat, though,
1: you know, because the bad play caller and they got rid
0: of him. Yeah, that's true. But it, it that's going that's going to be well established in this narrative.
1: Um, yeah, but the rule, I think. Schematically, I don't think they're going to get hammered. I think a lot of it's just going to be their O line was so bad. You know, Lewis Riddick even talked about it during the Music City Bowl broadcast. which is like when you turn on Kentucky's take this year, they're just getting
0: mauled at the line of scrimmage, which has not been the case for and it was seven just, years. And he was late.
1: pretty much like, "It's hard. One, it was hard to watch, and two, like it's hard to evaluate when you can't, you know, run any type of plays or whatever." And then. Levis was hurt and he was kind of a statue back there, and it was just a, a bad deal for everybody involved. And so they got to fix that. That's that's a big deal. I mean, it's I think it's the ultimate pressure year for Yenzer. What's he got? A three-year contract, I think. Nick.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: You know, it's now or never for him in a lot of ways. I would I would say he's really got to show some proof of concept. I think this year. And now they got. He's gonna have more bodies, more capable bodies. He's got experience now, because in a lot of ways he didn't walk it. You know, he walked into a tough spot, um, but now there's, there's more there. And you got this group has just got to be. He's got to show real, tangible improvement, and like a big step forward. And a big step is not like you ain't got to be great. Like low middle part of the league would be a big step forward for this bunch. And they just got to really. They got to be better than they were last year. Last year was just can't have that type of year again.
0: The um, the one thing that kind of stood out to me when he was talking about the wise coming back and first and foremost, I mean, I guess you assumed it, but I mean, he was specific when he said like he wants to be a college football head coach. I don't. I hadn't heard him say that before. In um, his his parts about getting some roots right. He didn't say this part out loud. You know, he talked about like, oh, you know, in college, you're, you're it's so much more than just schematically helping them. You're helping the whole football, which is true. You know, you, you play much more of a role in developing a human being in college football, developing young men than you do in college basketball. I get the sense, too, like it, when he talks about setting up roots, I get the sense that part of the reason why you come back, too, is you know that you have an upper hand here. Like – like when he said, "It's all about the players." Well, it is all about the players at the professional level. If your guys get hurt, you're just toast. But I think I think at Kentucky, you can kind of make the players. You can give them a couple plus points based on out scheming that defense and being better and putting them in positions to succeed. I think he knows that, and that's part of the reason why he's back here is that he he can set himself apart. Whereas in the NFL, like, you just got to have the dudes or you don't. You're a loser. Like, it doesn't matter. To me,
1: just like hearing his comments, a lot of it was he wanted to be the one calling the play. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. all
0: well, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, he talked about, you know, you go to the Rams and it's McVeigh's show. They've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen. We talked about how loaded their staff was. Now he gets to run the show and he gets to, he's the one that gets the. Call draw on third and six or four verts on first and ten. Yeah, yeah. And that's his, you know, his. The credit and blame falls on his, at his feet. You know, I think that was a big part for him. I think he finally got that opportunity, got a taste of it, and I think he missed that taste. And I think that was a big reason why. And you date it back to even Cohen's name coming up in the South Carolina search. I think if say Scangarella works, Nick. Yeah. I think Cohen's probably somewhere calling plays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think he really just wants to call plays. I think that was really a thing for him. I think he feels for his career, he's going to be better off going to call plays somewhere. And so I think that's his decision he made. And I think being, you know, doing the college thing and being comfortable with it, I think it's probably a big deal because a lot of the guys, maybe in his footsteps, like some other coaches in the NFL don't want to do that because they don't have the experience or whatever. He's kind of got his feet wet in both both arenas. And so I think that kind of adds up, and that's why he's back here in
0: the oh, money yeah, didn't hurt money, either. Money doesn't hurt at all. I also think it's – he has a little bit more pull this time around too. I mean, we mentioned it whenever it happened, but he's yeah, going to have a little bit more yeah. autonomy when it comes to decision-making, whether it's personnel and recruiting or, you know – like, if Mark says we're going for it, he can, he I think he feels confident of calling the play and not just Mark saying, give it to Ray, you know, give it, give yeah, it to just, Ray.
1: Yeah, just think of it like the NFL, you got the GM. Well, one, you got the owner, then you got the GM, then you got the head coach. And if you're on the same side of the ball as the head coach, you're way down the pecking order. At Kentucky, he's first in line on the offense, you know. Yeah. If you want a guy, he's probably going to get them. If he doesn't want them, it's probably going to be a no. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you get the the play calling power, but you also got the personnel power too. I think that, that's got to be attractive to a guy like that.
0: I wasn't a big fan of his uh, high school quarterback recruiting quotes, but I also think that was him saying, hey, we're doing pretty good at getting portal players.
1: Yeah, I had I wrote this story today. This really blew my mind. Okay, <laughs> after Drew Barker left, or after Drew Barker started, began the season as a 2016 starter, as the QB one, and they got hurt. We all know that story. Kentucky signed seven high school quarterbacks over the next seven recruiting cycles. So this is, you know, you go from almost a full 16 season, full 17, full 18, full 19, full 21, full 22. That's, you know, you're getting close to like right around – a like 100, maybe not 100, but like 80-so games, mm-hmm. they got two combined starts from high school kids they signed at quarterback.
0: Oh, okay. Hold up, hold up. Let me think. Um, did, They're very did recent. Bo, did Bo start a game? He didn't. Well, then Gunnar Hoke would have started a game, right?
1: He never started one.
0: What the hell? Who?
1: They brought him in off the bench when he played. Terry One job. And then they did the kind of rotating thing. They pulled him twice in Central Michigan and against Missouri, but Terry started both of those games. I
0: mean, Luke Wright even transferred, so I don't know. Yeah, I didn't even
1: count him because he was a transfer too.
0: Yeah. So who would have been a high school kid that they signed that actually? Oh gosh, two recent ones. Oh, Kaya Sharon, of course, this year. South Kaya Maryland. Sharon and Destin
1: Wade. That that's the only <laughs> two high school signees to start games since Drew Barker. This that's is that. Crazy. This is where they're at. You you know that's you go crazy. you go down the list. You got. Gunner Hoke, Danny Clark, Nick Scals, Nick Scalzo, Amani Gilmore, Bo Allen, Kaya Sharon, Destin Wade. That's your seven that they've signed. They haven't signed a top two hundred and fifty recruit at that position since Barker. You know it's it's been very. It would transfer you before the transfer portal at quarterback here. And so that you know you just gotta you eventually have to address that. And there's two big kids in 2025 and Cutter Bowley and Ryan Montgomery. But that's a ways off. Can they get in on somebody in 2024? I think Cohen's overarching answer was you don't want to, you know, he didn't want to put himself in one camp or the other. He kind of wants to straddle that line.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because if he swings and misses, then he can just say, Well, I wanted one of these anyway. You know, it's a good it's an easy out. It's yeah. Smart. But and the, I think, too, my thing he with, also wants to swing big on high school. Like, he's not – he's yeah. going to be picky and would rather try fishing in the portal than get some other guys who just are never going to play right. and waste a scholarship on them. Uh, and I think
1: it's important to remember the super senior era is going away soon. Like, we got two more classes after this one that will be eligible, 2019-2020. After that, it's done. So, you got a couple more seasons that – like. Devin Leary couldn't do what he's doing right now once that air is over.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're so not, these that, guys
1: aren't going to have extra years of eligibility. So that
0: might. It's going to make, that, that, gonna make that, our lives gonna, easier. I'm tired of figuring out how they. I, I I thought Brendan Bates was here for like his eighth year. I, I had no idea he could return. <laughs> yeah.
1: That Monty Montgomery that just entered the portal, Nick? Mm-hmm. Class of 2017. The high school. <laughs> the only reason. I, he was a super senior, but he missed. In 2021, he only played three games. So I guess he's applying for a med red shirt. Man. And so that's wild a guy time. who's played a long last time. Right.
0: Speaking of uh, wild times, our friends down at Florida, it's an absolute mess. Jaden Rashada, I don't know who. So the 10,000 foot view, very simply, Rashada has been in it for the money for a long time. Uh, he initially committed to Miami, flipped to Florida when they seemingly sweetened the, the deal, and we didn't know about it at the time. And none of this really came out until the deal started to fall apart. Uh, early enrollees were showing up to campus. Rashada did not, and that's well, they had when... a, they had the drama on
1: signing day where he oh, that he signed to... late.
0: Yeah, like they
1: pushed the press conference back by like, two hours. They had a little Keontae situation down in Florida
0: but he ended up signing and then not showing up because I guess the checks didn't clear. And the part that shocked me, like it is that this kid thought that like he was worth $13 million or somebody thought that he was worth $13 million because that was the number that was thrown out there. And I was just like 13 million. That's like what you pay CJ Stroud to come back. That's like a proven guy that you're trying to keep from the NFL. This dude could be a, I mean, Emory Jones had the same ranking as this guy, right? Like second rank dual threat. He could be a total bust. So yeah. The not fact home that they were, yeah. The fact that they were willing to pay that initially is ridiculous. But look at you might have can you fill in the blanks here? Because I, I do feel like I'm missing some and I'm not into the message boards as much as you are. So uh, I did also see some cryptic tweet too where it was almost like the collective, the gator collective was Gator Collective, yes threatening to sue or something, but I couldn't tell which party it was. If it was the people who promised money that didn't give it to him, that are the reason why the deal fell apart, or if they were going to threaten to sue Rashada because he didn't show up to campus after agreeing to a deal.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it's <laughs> like, a mess. <laughs> this, this recruitment had like some of the more uh, maybe sketchy dealers. I mean, you had Miami Ole Miss was involved. Florida is desperate. I mean, you had some interesting characters, I think, in this recruitment. Um this kid's from California, Nick. His dad played Arizona State. He played in one of those 7, seven on seventeens called the Immortals. Like travel ball. He goes like he visits my he visits either my or Ole miss a bunch of times. I think A and M was also in this recruitment. Throw another another one of those more desperate schools, I think in here. And I think that's what happened here. This is me. I, I, this is not reported by anybody. This is me. Just maybe reading between the lines a little bit. Miami and Florida got kind of this heated thing going on right now. Recruiting wise. Like Mm -hmm. they both went, they both butted heads hard for Kamani McLean. Like he was seen as a Florida lean. He commits to Miami. He committed to Miami because John Ruiz wrote a check. John Ruiz is a super booster. That 7-on-7 seven team I was just talking about with Rashada. John Ruiz finances that team. And so they have, and they've had a few other battles where they're just going kind of head-to-head head on guys. And this was a big one. And I think Florida maybe got sick of losing guys to Miami. And so a bunch of the rich people got together. And I think what happened here was that they were expecting a super booster who had donated maybe $13 million last year, year before, or whatever, that they were just going to donate $13 million again. And that's where the money, I think, for Rashada came from. Um, But I think what happened was that they just didn't donate the money. Like, there was probably – there was a miscommunication somewhere along the line from what I've kind of uncovered. And so, like, Rashada was at the Under Armour All-American game, like, the weekend before – the enroll date, like he was going to be a spring enrollee. Right. He's talking about it, the Under Armour American game. Yeah, we're staying down here in Orlando for a couple of days. And we're all driving up to Gainesville. I'm excited to move in. I mean, he met with reporters, and he just that never shows up. So somewhere along the line, like yeah. someone wrote a check they couldn't cash, right? And so you kind of follow Rashad's recruitment. It seemed like the money with Florida. I mean, he only went, I think, for his official visit. And then he went for a game, I think later in the year. It wasn't, they weren't super on the radar until something that seemed to happen late in the process. So you got to think it was a total money situation and it, it broke down because obviously, like, he's not worth $13 million. Not right now. No. Not right now. Yeah, that's just, that's a lot, you know, not that's a lot of money. Um, mm hmm. And so something happened there, and and now he's not going to end up at Florida. And now Florida's kind of – they're in scramble mode, Nick. Like, they reached out to Devin Leary. It didn't go anywhere. They end up taking Graham Mertz. They reached out to Walker Howard. Didn't go anywhere. Like, they've got a quarterback issue there right now. Anthony Richardson went pro. They, you know, yeah. it's just things aren't – like they have a really good, I think, recruiting class. I think Napier did a really good job here at this recruiting class. They just had some public, like bad misses that were big that were publicized recruitments that's made yeah. this maybe class kind of look bad. And that's that's some of that stuff started to get over, especially Florida, because they wanna be See because they wanna like Georgia like Georgia's setting this bar so high right now. And that's ultimately who they, they're gonna compare themselves to. Yeah, that, that makes the job harder. And then if the Florida State and Miami are good, it makes it even harder. And so it's just like, you know, it's just a weird spot in April's in right now.
0: It all comes down to perception. I mean, yeah. this, it's, it's a, they didn't is- control the narrative. Because in, and you do not want to look like the school in the nil era that doesn't follow through on promises. That's where you just, yeah, you, you especially early on, right? Like, you know, you don't want to be the first the ones with a high-profile miss of this magnitude, and that's what it's looking like right now. Um, so,
1: I I mean, the fan base is really like
0: Florida where, as you mentioned, I mean, Billy Napier was writing open letters to fans the first time they, yeah. they whiffed on Rashada. Like, they brought him here specifically for this reason, to get guys like Rashada. And to have it, like, you've got the guy signed, you think it's over with, and then he just doesn't show up. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. I don't know what the kid does. I know they said he asked for like, overs. like, what did they just said? No, we're not going to let go of your letter intent. Like I,
1: the way they're, they're just, they're like, like they're just doing that stuff. Guys are getting red shirts when they want him. Their NCAA is just kind of turned a blind eye to all that stuff. I would assume he'll get out of that. NLI. a I'm fairly worried. He
0: ends up after that. I mean,
1: he knows. He yeah. knows.
0: Yeah. yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, if you think if you're worried about UK's nil, like, well, gonna, like, Nick, I don't know if you case of emergency. Yeah. Like, this is the four alarm fire, worst possible in case scenario. From
1: all accounts, their nil is just kind of a mess, and like they're using Athlete Advantage now. Like Athlete yeah. Advantage is signing Florida players. They signed like, they just signed Graham Mertz R- the other day.
0: Yeah, which I don't know how that works. Like,
1: well, I think Athlete Advantage is. You know, they're doing stuff for Kentucky, but I think they see themselves as more than –
0: like they're an agency,
1: right? Right, right. So they want to do – they want to get in other markets. They don't just want to do this, even though Kentucky is their biggest, you know, quote-unquote client, I guess you would say.
0: Right, right. Makes sense. Makes sense. They're going to have a big –
1: And they signed – like Harkless signed with them today, too. I think I saw Jamarion Harkless from Douglas, who's going to Purdue.
0: I'll be, uh, they're doing a big thing for the 15 next Saturday, which I'm I'm interested to see what that looks like.
1: Big junior day in town?
0: Yeah, big junior day in town. So that makes it the ideal time to have your premiere kind of nil event where, A, you, you fundraise, right? Because if you're a member of the 15 collective, you get free tickets. If you want to just go, you just pay 15 bucks uh, to attend this thing. And it sounds kind of like a fan day, but I just, I just don't know what it's going to look like. So who's all going to be there, how it's going to work. This will be the first kind of event of its kind, the first kind of meet and greet to reward people who are donating to the nil. So I'll be there and I'm just fascinated to see how, how it all looks like. And you know, if you want to, if you're hesitant on what this stuff's going to look like, it might just be, might be worth the price of admission just to, to see it all. And, Worst case scenario, your 15 bucks is going to go to one of those guys' pockets, one of those kids' pockets. So a uh, whole new world of college football we're in right now. Uh, one of those guys who collected quite a bit, good amount of coin uh, during his time in Lexington is getting ready to get a huge paycheck at the next level. That's Will Levis, who we're 99 days away from the NFL draft. And uh, on day 100, I got to looking at some stuff, and his odds are – are dropping right like he's basically second choice uh at quarterback uh in both the sports book markets and in the dra- mock draft markets which i know people get tired of mock drafters but like there's something to that right uh dane brugler put his out and that's where he had him going mm-hmm. so um that's certainly noteworthy um it's also noteworthy too the way this draft order is going to shake out a lot of you don't know who the coaches are the Colts and the Texans are going to be, but whoever's going to get hired there, like whoever wants their guy, they're going to have to make moves or not make moves. Like the Texans might feel content, but I I feel like the Colts or somebody is going to trade Chicago for that top pick and they might just fall in love with Will Levis. Um, So I'm fascinated by all of it. He's working out with Jordan Palmer right now. And Jordan Palmer is kind of a kingmaker, when it comes to NFL draft uh, quarterback trading.
1: Josh Allen, Joe Burrow.
0: Mahomes? I think Mahomes. Mahomes, I think. Long yeah. list. Yeah. Um, more Trevor Lawrence. Um. Like, so. Yeah, my thing is, like, he's got a real shot to go number one overall.
1: I don't think he will, but I think he's got a real shot here. You know, and he. at worst, I think, like, his floor seems top ten right now.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I would say. Um,
1: and so, like, he's just gonna—it's gonna be the highest draft pick we've seen. And you know, if he goes ahead of six, I believe Josh Allen was six,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it'll be the highest we've seen here in a long time. And so,
0: uh, seventh, he was seventh. Seventh, okay. I think Bud was in the twenties or something like that. But yeah. yeah, it's um, it'll be fun for us too. We were having this conversation privately, but uh, which, uh, yeah, off-air producing. Already checked. Combine window for credentials is not open. But the Combine is going to be fun this year because we're going to get, like. The, the thing about this, too. Levis is going to be the most um, talked about.
1: Him and Bryce Young. Yeah. Because
0: it's going to be college football media versus NFL draft media. They're just going to, like, Dah! they're just going to fight over who, you know. Why, why you should pick this guy? Why you shouldn't? He's going to be – this is going to be like first-take type stuff on Will Levis. And we're going to be just front and center for all of it. I mean, th- just thinking about the interviews for his combine thing. Because he's going to be on stage one. He's going to be the number one guy in that window. Yeah, we're going to have to
1: get up there early. like to out. carve out a spot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, and then the drafts in Kansas City. Kansas City I've feels like our Kansas kind City. of place, too.
1: Barbecue, for sure.
0: And they've got like their four. It's at their Fourth Street Live. I don't know what they call it. It's like
1: uh yeah, I've seen pictures of that that place. I mean,
0: it's the same people who made Fourth Street, but like they have actual sports nearby, and like it's not a deserted place anymore. Like like our Fourth Street, but it looks like a, a hell of a time. So I'm. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah,
1: that whole, the combine's all going to be about Bryce Young, how big is he, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Can he hold
0: up? And, like, Levis is just going to be, like, his numbers. I want Levis to bench, too. I want him to do everything. Just, like, just go out there and yeah, the, like 30 times on the bench press.
1: Yeah, now that he's got this kind of established, I think, place in the draft, I highly will. doubt he does the senior bowl.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would think, yeah.
1: We haven't heard anything on that but I highly doubt he does a senior
0: bowl. Like yeah, while playing a game right now. It's just going to be working
1: out in Cali, going in the combine, doing all those meetings with teams, Pro Day of Kentucky. And that's really going to be it and it's going to be a zoo. Like that Pro Day NFL Network will be there for that Pro Day. Oh man. Like that'll be one of the ones they air live. And we get to hear Mark Stu's bitch about the indoor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Complaining about the turf, uh, which by the way, our boy Jordan Anthony won a track meet there. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize this, but they said that the new track facility is under construction, so maybe, uh, maybe this is the last spring ball. With yeah, ball. but
1: it's just gonna be like the, this draft circuit's gonna be wild with Levis stuff. Um, because I, I got a hunch, Nick. Like, we're just not, they're not really, these NFL people I don't think are gonna throw Scangarello totally under the bus. Mm hmm but they're just going to crap on Kentucky's offensive line. Like, I mean, they really are just going to, you know, crap on him. And Kentucky's supporting cast – I mean, Bruegel's already writing about it, like how the supporting cast was just not good. Um, it's going to turn into he had a bunch of freshman receivers, terrible offensive line. This is what happens. And he played through an injury. Um, but, like, it's definitely trending towards him going pretty high in this draft. Which is crazy thing. Over a year ago, who would have thunk it? But
0: mm-hmm. here we are. we are. Yeah. Uh, but know, we have well,
1: we literally have three months to talk about that. Like that is going right. to be most of our job until uh, derby
0: season. Oh man, you know what? Uh, didn't surprise me though. Shane Beamer's calling out uh, radio hosts, and who is this? Upstate, the fan, Upstate. Yeah, I think so so. He's calling out the Spartanburg radio people right now, um, fired up because he said Shane Beamer really wanted Garrett Riley. He really wanted him, but he ended up at Clemson. What does that say about his program? Shane, our, our favorite podcast guest, said, I normally don't respond to second-rate JV radio programs I've never heard of, and apparently no one else has either considering you're an upstate and only have 8,000 followers. Do you have a good source? Other than, I don't know, me? Happy for Garrett. We got our guy. First and foremost, you go on second-rate JV radio programs. Like, that's, that's your favorite thing to do. That's how you spend all your free time. It's your hobby, Shane. So shut the hell up. Secondly, you worked with this dude's brother. How couldn't you get him? Right? You have know, with Dow Loggins? Cecil what a word
1: <laughs> It's just gonna be a long offseason <laughs> with this guy. I mean, it's just gonna be long, and there's gonna be all kinds of this. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand his that. This that'd be like Mark Snoop's coming at me, literally. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, but it, you don't know shit about cover three or something. I mean, it would be more like him going after like John Spears or something, though. Where it's yeah. Like, you know, like at least we're like the, not, not to brag, but we're the top Kentucky media platform. And in the way that South Carolina works too is there's, there's because Columbia is technically the largest city, but it's a lot of very mid sized cities. Yes. So it's, it's like you have like seven different newspapers that all cover them. And a bunch of different radius. So, like, it's a very unique, all-middle-tier uh It's a small-town state, for sure. Yeah. So, it's it's very, very bizarre for him to go after this dude. And then the other part of this, too, that we aren't going to – like, we Dabo going out and firing his guy and, and getting somebody from another school is significant. Uh, yeah. Like, he just doesn't do that. That's how desperate he is. He's willing to bend – been the rules of his own moral guidelines a little bit to hire somebody. But I mean, I, I, I feel like Garrett Riley would be the most popular OC play caller hire after what he did this year at TCU. Even though I don't even think he was the play caller.
1: Yeah, the first first things, like last time Dabo did this, like he got Chad Morris and Brent Venables. When he's gone out of his comfort zone, it's worked. So I think you gotta give him a lot of credit for that. And he's teaming Texas offense up with a Texas quarterback and Kate Klubnick. Like, it's gonna, I think it's gonna work and it's probably mm-hmm. gonna be pretty good for them. Um, for Beamer, they're just no, like, he's doing some stuff this, like, he was always out in front and pl- more, it's more playful with the media before, but now he's like taking some jabs at people. The, you know, he went after Gene Sapikoff, who's a columnist at one of the, I believe, the, the, the Curry, he's either the, the Charleston, Charleston paper boy. or the, Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Charleston Paper, who's been doing that job. I don't job know, for, Gene. <laughs> he's been doing that job for 30 years. He was, he, you know, that's okay. You're going after that guy. That guy's not
0: going to forget that,
1: probably.
0: He's going to be around longer than you are.
1: Yeah. And so, and then the second one, just like, like doing that to like, that guy is just like, I'm assuming that Upstate Radio Show is very much just probably a take artist and trying to spin things and get a buzz out of people like you going at after, it just didn't make any sense. Why are you doing that, man? And so it's just interesting. Now that he's got, they've got us some wins on his boat. He's like, oh. he's going more from playful to more like trying to swing and start, you know, kerfuffles online. Um, so we'll see how it works for old Beamer, but it's going to be like, he's going to be doing this all off season, man. It's just going
0: to be well, exhausting. And, in- if you want to know, it is that is the take guy. Um, he's the guy that like the hack that'll have me yeah. on that, ask basketball questions every time. Um, uh, he's in a basketball school, uh, like you know, he, he was doing uh, he was making fun of Kentucky's schedule this year, too, their non conference schedule. So, we like, like
1: if S- if Satterfield try to come after KRC, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he's like come TJ Walker, the sports talker, yeah. Oh wow. man, wow. old shame beamer. Um, uh, well, this weekend we got. Luckett, your, your favorite weekend is Memorial Day weekend for football. Labor Day. Labor Day weekend, excuse me. Right. This is definitely top five. I would say this is the best NFL weekend outside open week because you get Thursday. It's it's like this one nonstop long thing. You still get college football Saturday. But you pretty much got your best is it eight teams now? Yeah, your best eight teams, your final yeah, four games. Finals. Yeah, this is awesome. This is fun, and I I'll pull up the lines, but I can bet your sweet ass. I'm betting the Jacksonville Jaguars to cover a big number at Kansas City because can you trust Kansas City to cover a big number? Isn't doesn't and also doesn't this feel like the kind of like not not when the Titans beat them, but. I don't know. It just feels like a, a Kansas City plays with their food a little bit. They win by six, you know, and then they go and they host the AFC Championship. They win, and then they or the, the neutral side AFC Championship, excuse me, and then they go on to to win and uh, the Super Bowl this year.
1: Yeah, I mean the Jags are the house money team too because they really have nothing to lose, and Peterson's a wild card. Mm-hmm. His coach, I mean they'll just go for it and. They've had a bunch of crazy comebacks this year. Like, you could definitely see Chiefs leading like 24-7 at half, but only end up winning 34-27 or something. Like, you could for sure see something like that. Either the Jags make it interesting. late, Or the Jags get a lead, and Mahomes has one of his patent wild comebacks.
0: hmm Yeah, I, I could see. For my, see,
1: for my sake, she, I, I would prefer Chiefs just – Boat race, and then we get the dud next week. But the Bengals got to get by the Bills first.
0: How how do you feel about your offensive line right now, Lucky? Are you are you watching deja vu all over again? I I don't Season feel anymore. great,
1: but the like I'm more worried about the Chiefs and like Chris Jones than I would be. Like the Bills interior rush is not it's solid, but it's not it's not the Titans. It's not Jeffrey Simmons and the Nico Autry. It's not Chris Jones. So I think they could be okay this week. I think the game essentially could come down to which quarterback makes better decisions, especially late. Over the season, Josh Allen has told us that that's not a strong suit of his. So I think if the Bengals can hang in there, they're probably going to win it late. But I do worry about you know protecting Burrow.
0: Well, and I think you've got to worry about, I mean, they didn't really do anything in that second half. Against the Ravens, I mean, yeah, they were just yeah home but I, of your life,
1: I, I, yeah, but I think what we saw—Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Bengals—is just those division teams. They just know each other like the back of their hand. That's true too. Yeah, that's a good, you point. know, so they're that's able true. to just, they just those games are closed just because, you know, we see it in NCAA basketball all the time. Like the SEC games end up being like, you know, that you might really struggle, you grind, and then Kentucky has gotten out of that as the SEC, and they look great in the tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it's just because they got out of it where a team doesn't know them um, very well. And the Ravens, I mean, you got to hand it to their defense. Their defense was really awesome last last two games against the Bengals, really gave the Bengals a lot of issues.
0: That's why I would have to say that you would be an absolute moron, an idiot, a buffoon, if you bet Eagles minus seven and a half this week. Like, there's just – like, what about anything you've seen in the NFL says that this team – that has really struggled down the stretch, is going to be fresh, hungry, ready to romp a team that just came off a huge – I mean, the Giants looked awesome in that game. Like, the way they were running the football, um, I, I do – I think they're getting – like part of the Eagles' problem was injuries, and I know that's a lot of teams, but I think they are going to have uh, Big Jordan Davis healthy. Um, I don't know about Lane Johnson, and I also don't know about Jalen Hurts. So, whereas I could see the Eagles winning this game – Nothing in me says that they're going to win by more than a touchdown.
1: Yeah, Hertz was a touchdown and a half, or Hertz is off the injury report. Eagles are laying a touchdown and a hook, but it's third third meeting in the division. Last time here, Eagles won by 30. Yeah. Highly doubt that happens again. You're right, the Eagles kind of limped there towards the end of the season. And these two teams play. The Eagles rested some guys, but the Giants had a lot of success. That, I think they played that game actually in Philadelphia and the big the blowout was up in the Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah well, I mean the Giants playing with a lot of confidence. They got a great coaching staff.
0: Yeah, Dayball, like the Giants had to just be like freaking hyped that they got a guy like Dayball in. I mean, Daniel Jones went he went from thirty first in offense in the league, back to back years, and then now Daniel Jones looks like, oh, well, this is why we spent yeah. a pick on this guy. Uh, Solid
1: drafting on the offensive line. They got their two pillars, a tackle Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. Yep. Now to build around, and they got a healthy Saquon. I mean, that was a big part for the Giants this year. True, Barkley true. just stayed healthy, and yeah. so you know he's a he's one of the better weapons in football. Right. And so that, right. that helped a lot. And then they've leaned into Jones, kind of running the ball. And I think seeing jo- well, Allen's obviously the easy comp. But like seeing Jones, what he does, Nick, like it makes the Levis cell easier. I think for some of these NFL teams.
0: That's true. That's true. Especially the way he's run the ball, and he didn't—they didn't utilize that at all this year. Um, man, this also makes me wish Wondell wasn't hurt, right? Because like yeah, that yeah. is the biggest glaring void with the New yeah, York. Yeah, I mean guys. they it's got crazy. that.
1: They got Isaiah Hodgins off the trash heap. Like he was cut by Buffalo middle of the season. He was a seventh round pick. They just picked him up, and he's just been a boss for them. He had I think seven for a hundred mm-hmm. against the Vikings. The Vikings defense is pretty damn bad. Um, it's going to be a stiffer challenge this week in Philly, but you know, that, and what, that's going to be a nasty I admin. Mean, the NFC East games are just like them in the AFC yeah. North. It's just nasty. Like <laughs> the fan bases hate each other, the teams hate each other. It, it's just and it's just going to be a nasty football game.
0: What do we? The one that I I don't I don't know what to make heads or tails of, and, and it's partially because I can't trust the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. That game, I just, if you put it's the like, co- do if you, Cowboys, or do I trust Mister Irrelevant. Like,
1: if you if that Dallas team wore any other jersey and had yeah, a different yeah. logo,
0: yeah, you're right. You'd probably be <laughs> on
1: But the yeah. fact that they're they're the Cowboys, and you've seen it. I worry about if there was an overreaction to Dallas this past week. I mean, the Bucks were terrible. They were That's awful, true. awful the last two months of the season. And they they hit three bombs against the Panthers. I mean, that's really the only reason they won the game. Every other time they were just – like the Bengals went down there, got behind, and they just started fumbling and turning over every play. I mean, they were awful this year. And so, yeah, you want to like maybe fade the Cowboys here because there may be too much of an overreaction. Meanwhile, the Niners have been great. The Niners have been great for two months. Um but you keep waiting for the broad part. All right, sooner or later, this is going to like stop. Like you You're know, right.
0: he's going to turn into a. Like, in your
1: mind, it's like sooner or later he's going to make some mistakes, and there's not going to have guys streaking wide open. And maybe this is a team that can do it. A team that can rush the passer like Dallas. You're just not going to have a lot of time. Just drop back and throw the ball. Number eleven, Michael Parsons is a freak show. Yeah, but that's two teams with a rich history. That's going to be like that'll be a cool game to watch. Yeah, especially the great uniform game.
0: Oh, great uniform game. And I saw somebody they they played, um, they pulled an old intro from a 90s, you know, Troy. Aikman yeah, I saw too that too. Yeah, with Pat Summerall. And I just like, man, it's like, well, uh, here I am back in my parents' basement playing. Yeah, football. that's what I thought It took me <laughs> back to <laughs> the sound of Pat Summerall. Yeah. Uh, which no offense to Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart, but it this game has to have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck calling it. Like, I don't. I, I think it actually might be NBC. Um, I'm not certain. They're they're
1: on their Fox.
0: Cowboys uh, Niners or Fox?
1: Yeah, Fox got two games this weekend. NBC is Chiefs. Jacks. They're the first Saturday. I,
0: I need Joe and Troy to call Niners, Cowboys. Like that's just it's just that's the Joe Buck Troy Aikman game. Like it just is. Uh, it's, it's a shame that's not going to be the case, but I'm excited. Uh, I hit. One year I hit all four games, and I thought – you feel like the smartest person alive if you can string together a four-team parlay with all of these. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do just of yet, but I think you have talked me into continuing to fade the Cowboys. And you know what? If I keep losing money uh, betting against the Cowboys, then, like, so what? Like, fade them all the way. Till, fade them till I can't fade them no more. Um, but Yeah, I'm, um, I, I do think the winner of that game is probably going to the Super Bowl, though. Cowboys yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm also with you on – actually, I think the Chiefs are
1: –
0: do I have to say it like it? Like I, I'm worried your, your team of destiny you're, – you're going up against a team of destiny and there's just no stopping it. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, it's going to – regardless, it's going to be tough to win in Buffalo, Kansas City back-to-back. It's just going right. to be really hard. I do kind of li- like – I do like that they – not like, but it would have been tough to beat Buffalo two times in a row.
0: In a three, oh, four-week span. Right, that's true.
1: So you, you, well, you've you kind of avoided that, but but we'll see. I mean, the Bills haven't played great lately either. You know, they've had some duds no, in haven't. there.
0: And a lot of it's Allen just trying to do too much and turning it over. Um, it, The Bengals, too. I've I will say that about the Bengals, their, def-
1: their defense just – they just have a knack for – Making game-changing plays or two, they've done it. They did it every week in the playoffs last year, and they did it this past week.
0: Freaking Sam Hubbard,
1: Allen's just you know he's good for two or three bonehead plays a game. It seems like in these big games. Um, but if How, he, but if we, if my theory on it is, if you got Allen's A game, it's probably going to be damn hard for the Bengals to win. But if they get Allen's B or C game, I think the Bengals probably win. Go in and win there.
0: Did you take your shirt off at the book when Hubbard was going ninety I yards?
1: I did. I was, you know, you see those plays and you don't know if it's like real or not, right? <laughs> like you're just kind of like waiting for the whistle blow. So I'm looking around, and then he got to the thirty. I was like, "Go!" The <laughs> <Somebody> block, somebody blocking Andrews. <laughs> and then it hell. Then you want to see like you're like you're pumped because they scored. And then you're like, well, "Let me see the replay."
0: Right. And the yeah. first
1: one you can't tell. You're like, "Uh." Eh. And then you see the second one, and then the place just exploded when they realized it was short. There was a bunch of Bengals fans actually in the book.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: And so, yeah, it was a good time. Very fun.
0: Oh, man. Well, hopefully we have some more fun this weekend. Uh, we're, we're efforting to, for the next, because this is kind of a slower time, we're efforting to get some of the, the outgoing cats on here to, to chat with them about their seasons to have a little fun. Uh, we did, we I know we did that with Fordner, which it's still just so weird to me that that dude's like getting his name called individually out when they're doing the Jags intros. Like that's just wild. Um, but my favorite in the past too, when we did I think it was was it Phil Hoskins and Calvin Taylor at the same time? That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, maybe we, we can make some magic happen like that again uh in the weeks to come. Uh but until then, enjoy the football this weekend for Adam Luck and I'm Nick Roush, go cats and go Kroger.